Hello and welcome to the podcast Tech Marketing Trends. I'm Jacob Logan I'm the managing director of Bright Vision and uh, hosting this podcast today. And uh, we're here to dive into an interesting topic today: why new customer acquisition is harder than it's ever been. And uh, that is a question we would like to discuss with an expert in this topic, who is Claire Selentrop, co-founder and CEO of Forget the Funnel. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jacob. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> yes, and I'm so happy to have you with us. You have been working in this space a lot of time. So maybe we should start there where you can just give us a little bit of your background and, and you know, when you get this uh, company going, forget the follow, for example, before we dive into the topic. Sure, I would be happy to. Uh, so I have been, uh, I just did, I just the other day realized this. I've been working in um, tech and B2B marketing specifically um, for almost 10 years now and marketing in general, a little bit longer than that. Um, and I got my start in SaaS in uh, 2014 um, when I, joined a then very, very tiny company that is now uh, much larger Calendly as their their director of marketing and their second employee. Um, when I left that role, um, I ended up teaming up with my now business partner, Georgiana Lottie, who um, also had a, a long background in leading B2B uh, tech and, and SaaS, specifically SaaS marketing. Um, and we, we decided to join forces as consultants um, and, you know, kind of merge our independent practices because we had this shared philosophy of <laughs> forget the funnel. It's a bit of a tongue in cheek phrase, but really what it means is uh, marketing. When, when, when a company thinks about its marketing as pure, purely like the acquisition side of the house, if they are a recurring revenue based business, like in SaaS um, and many other tech business models, um, if they're not paying attention to a marketing strategy across the rest of that customer life cycle, they're really kind of missing the point <laughs> because recurring revenue and keeping people is, is the goal. Um, so with that, um, we started working together um, and we have advised um, all, all shape and size of B2B tech companies, um, as I'm, I'm sure is the case with Bright Vision as well, right? You've been in this a long time. Um, we share, we, sh you and I both, or like our, our brands share a love for B2B. Um, and we over time have realized that the, the sweet spot where we really shine and, and, and can help companies, um, in, like make an impact on their revenue, um, is in their product marketing, really in their messaging and the positioning that they are putting out into their many acquisition channels. Um, so in doing that work across so many companies, we've seen the, the, seemingly unique, but actually quite common um, acquisition challenges ac across the landscape and how those have grown. Again, as I'm sure, like I have no doubt the Bright Vision team has done as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting and it's a big topic, of course, and then it, it might uh, differ from company to company where the challenges are and so forth, but really, really interesting journey. And you also wrote a book with the same name there uh, a, a while back and so forth. But uh, if we if you focus in a little bit on the topic, you know, <clears throat> customer acquisitions and a lot mm -hmm. of things going on and, and um, companies come up with new tactics and ideas and strategies all the time and things like that. But from your experience, when we discussed the topic for this um, podcast, uh, you suggested, you know, that it's this topic we should discuss, uh, that it's acquiring new customers is 
harder than ever, so to say, you know, and um, a new customer acquisition uh, and so forth is, is really complex. So uh, why do you think it's harder than ever? And, and what's up with that? <laughs> and what is up with that? Uh, wow. There's, to your point, big topic, so many ways we could go. Um, I think I'll start uh, with an example that I actually saw um, a, another marketing expert I really admire uh, share on on LinkedIn recently. So Amanda Natividad is the VP of marketing at SparkToro, which is an audience research tool. And she recently published a um, a report on the performance of um, or, or efforts to drive organic traffic. So uh, what is SEO doing? <laughs> One of the, uh, I would say, like longest existing marketing channels we've had available in the digital space. Um, and, and what this report found was that traditional SEO, where you are trying, where, where the strategy is to rank for the highest searched keyword, like the highest volume of searched keywords, um, that overall is becoming less and less effective because of many factors, of course. Um, one being that the B2B tech landscape has just become so saturated. Um, we've all, I'm sure, seen that, uh, like that MarTech graphic showing how many tools are in, in the MarTech space. I'm not sure if you know what I'm referring to, but it's like millions of products now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so amazing. It's, yes. So, so the, the, the competitive landscape is increasing exponentially, um, combined with the fact that um, the channels that we are beholden to, so Google and Facebook and so on have control of the algorithms that dictate whether our efforts perform or not. Um, so we've got more people in the way, so to speak, more competitors in the way that we're that we're um, shoulder to shoulder with, and we don't own most of the most of the channels available to us to to reach our audience. So those two things put many companies at a disadvantage, especially when pick a channel. Again, I'm, I'm referring to organic traffic in particular, but this could also be your paid ad strategy. Um, it could be it, really regardless of the channel itself. Um, saturation is really the is, is really the case across the sphere. And so um, companies are having to do a lot more. Th those who are getting smart are having to spend a lot more time thinking about what really sets them apart in the market versus just investing the most money to to reach the most eyeballs if that makes sense <laughs> mm. yeah interesting so interesting uh, topics and and uh as you say the the competition grows exponentially in a lot of uh product categories and and service categories and um, yeah, it is a problem there's a uh a, a specific one i can think of um so there's a what is the word for it um I'm sure you're familiar with this concept. Uh, so when a company needs to employ people across uh, many different countries and regions, mm -hmm. they and, and employ, right? Like keep them on payroll, not on yeah. contract. Yeah, employer to, of the record or something like that. Like, typically called yes, it they need yes. some kind of employer of record, right? Um, and so there's a there's an employer of record SaaS company we've been working with for a while who pre-COVID kind of owned the market. Um, they had a consistent... Um, you know, like they had a consistent lead gen program. They they didn't really have their marketing and sales operations in place, but it didn't really matter. Um, like they were getting enough, they were they were getting enough new business every month to to kind of coast. 
And then when COVID arose, so many copycat um, businesses, many of which were well-funded um, and were taking a leaner approach, kind of cropped up and started and started eating at their market share. And they they came to us to, to understand like, what do we do when the market is more saturated and we're not kind of like in charge of our own destiny anymore? How do we convey where we are superior or who the best customers for us are? It was a really interesting exercise. There was one point in this process with them that I did an audit of the homepages of like, I, I want to say like five to 10 different competing solutions. And everyone had clearly kind of copied each other in how they described their product, <laughs> mm. um, which was a real eye opener for this company. As you can imagine, they were like, mm. yikes. <laughs> anyway, um, so I hope that gives a bit more like tangible example. That's a more tangible example of the market becoming more crowded and also companies having to figure out well, what do we do with that information? <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm sure a lot of companies find themselves in a similar situation or at least have seen a lot of newcomers coming into their space. And, and you know, uh, as you say, from a leaner approach, lower prices or taking higher risks and, and you know, a quite stable business you had right. just a few years back is, is uh, totally another difference today. So what did you, <laughs> what, what solution did you have to this problem or what do you typically right. see as strategies to deal with mm -hmm. those kind of uh, problems that we see a lot of companies have today in the tech space? There's many, as you can imagine. And I, and again, I, I recognize we both serve a similar audience and, and we both have been in this space for a while. Um, and so I'm sure, as you know, it, it could, there could be many solutions. <laughs> mm. Um <clears throat> The there is one that we prefer to take, and that's actually what we wrote the book about. Like, we we wanted we wanted to take our approach to solving this problem and put it into some kind of like repeatable process that people could follow. So where we where we think it makes the most sense to start is to zoom in, and and this really works best yet when it is a company that has been around, has a healthy customer base, and is now like we're shift like things are shifting. Our, our, why are our leads drying up? Um, where we help them start is by zooming in on who their best fit customers are. Um, there was a, I believe it's Jason Knight who runs a podcast and a newsletter on product management. Um, and a, he he described this idea of best customer in a really interesting way um, from a product perspective, which is, you know, we when we have a, a digital product or a tech like solution, in many cases, we will welcome anyone who wants to pay us into that solution. Um, and we may know as a team, like some, some customers are a better fit or more qualified than others, but generally we're not going to turn away money <laughs> um, <clears throat> in most cases. So what that means is that over time as a product exists um, and, and as it acquires more and more customers, the team can, can often lose sight of who's really an ideal fit which if they don't know, makes it harder to know who to target, what channels to leverage in their marketing and so on. Um, so we start by helping a company really build, like kind of filter down and, and um, identify who are the people who began paying you recently. So they, they converted into the product as it exists today, not as it did five years ago or even three years ago. Um, who are the people who are not only recently paying, but also engaged? They're, they're, reaching a meaningful moment of value inside the product in some kind of recurring basis. So it's not as if they they put their credit card in, 
and then they forgot about it and they never came back. Um, so paying recent and, and engaged are the, the criteria that we typically recommend companies use to look at their customer base and figure out, okay, how many people do we have who fit in that bucket? Because those are the people that we are pretty sure we want to clone more of or, or go acquire more of in our marketing. They're going to stay the longest. Clearly they're getting some kind of value um, that made it easy for them to like make the purchase. So what happened with them? Um, and how do we go replicate that out, out in the world? So that's like the first step. Uh, I'm kind of rambling. Do you want to check in or ask anything? <laughs> no, that's great. Very interesting. So starting with um, really knowing who do you solve the problem for the best and, and uh, right. focus on these clients. Right. And, uh, and uh, as you say, you can see a lot of uh, companies forget what their you know prime target is because maybe they caught up in in uh, in easy done uh, deals right. and, and so forth. So that's great. So did you see any improvements when you clarified that for the client and and they can retarget their marketing efforts and sales efforts or what was the results when you? Yeah. Let's talk through a, um, I'm going to keep it kind of meta, like, and, and I'll talk more <laughs> about like a MarTech company. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so there was a, this was a couple of years back now. And so I, I'm saying that because even now, like a couple of years later, the, the social media management landscape has changed again. Like Twitter is different. Facebook algorithms are different. Like, and anyway, a couple of years back, um, there was a social media management um, company who came to us and said, we have done everything when it comes to marketing, which was true. They had an amazing content program. They would sponsor events. They were pouring money into um, like paid acquisition. Like they had not, like they, they did not fall into the trap that some companies do of deprioritizing marketing. They had gone all in. And still they were like the customer, like our, our, we're bringing in new people, but our revenue is still like basically flat. So mm. we, we don't know if we just haven't scaled our marketing program enough, like what is wrong <laughs> with, with this investment? Um, and so we, we came in and using that criteria, recent, um, paying and engaged, we actually spoke with, uh, we spoke with that segment of their best customers. Um, now they were a very high volume type of business. So, um, we ran a survey and then we did a I believe a handful of interviews just to validate some some patterns in these in the surveys. But what we learned um, in in speaking with those customers was there were there were actually two different situations that a customer was in when they came to this product. One was it was a company that um, really hadn't invested in social media and they were like they were starting to like dip their toe in and and figure out like is social media a viable acquisition channel for us. And then the other the other group within this engaged customer um, segment were businesses that had seen success with social media as an acquisition channel, and they were like, okay, we're ready to double down. We need to automate a lot of the the more tedious aspects of this. Um, we we're we're ready to invest. Um, and so this this gave the team an entirely new way to look at their their marketing and what they were saying. Which is important because if you think about those two situations, the business that isn't sure if social media is a viable channel is way less certain to to stay and and be retained as a healthy customer. Maybe social isn't right for them. Maybe they don't serve an audience that hangs out on social. 
Mm. Versus those who have seen success and are like, yeah, I just need to get rid of the the like administrative, repetitive work. Um, mm. They've seen they've seen it pay off. They're ready to spend money to improve their efforts. Um, so it's even though both were you know, happily, happily paying in those early months, it was very clear some customers were much more likely to stick around than, than others. Um, and so when we zoomed out, the team looked at their, at, you know, the, the channels they were using, they looked at the messaging they were using in their marketing on their website, and they realized a lot of their messaging had really been speaking to that more getting started with social media group. Like they had been mm. inadvertently doing a lot of content marketing around how to start your social media strategy, like, like very much beginner level stuff. Um, and they weren't really actively attracting those more sophisticated buyers. And so mm -hmm. what they did to experiment with, like with retargeting, not retargeting, like an, in an advertising sense, but in an effort to acquire more of those better fit customers, um, they rewrote a very small handful of pages on their site. They rewrote their homepage to be more about leveling up with your social media and automating the redundant parts of it. Um, they rewrote the pricing page and I believe the features page to, to bring some of those more advanced features to light. And just those website changes, oh my goodness. Um, I feel so silly because I, I have to go into like a deck to, to find this number. <laughs> um, but the impact of, of just those changes, not, not changing anything else about their marketing budget was huge. Um, again, I feel so silly because I'm like looking for it. Uh, it's in our book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it was something wild. It was the, the website visitor to sign up rate jumped drastically. And again, please forgive me that I don't have the exact number. That's so embarrassing. Um, but also because they were attracting, they succeeded in attracting that better fit, more sophisticated customer. Those people also, in, they, as, a, as a, a side benefit, their trial to paid conversion rate increased because these people inherently understood and, and needed the product more so and more urgently than that kind of getting started group. Um, so I think that paints a nice picture of, you know, how customer acquisition is so challenging when you're going for mass versus mm. getting really smart and figuring out whether you're even targeting the right people <laughs> in in mm. that investment that's so interesting and how do you what would you recommend a multi-product company that maybe have different mm. buyer personas or, or mm. ideal client profiles if you want to say so either where where you need to speak to many different uh, yeah. uh, buyers at the same time how how should a company think about this? Do we need in this competitive landscape, you know, um, simplify, consolidate, maybe get rid of products that's not at the core, or so forth? Or what's your what's wow. your experience here? Um, those are some incredibly strategic choices to make. Like very much, you know, before we started recording, we were chatting about you know like Walmart and and mega scale. Like so, I. I am, I will, I will be cautious in making recommendations like, you know, trash a product line. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a big decision. It's a big decision. Uh, where I would, with, without being able to, you know, kind of like sit down with a leadership team and say, okay, what, what are your revenue goals? Where are you now? 
And what are the, like, what are the, the levers that are best available to you? Is it changing the product line? Is it changing the messaging, et cetera? If I, without that <laughs> information, um, the best place you can start is to um, try to shift your mindset or your team's mindset from thinking about marketing as this kind of monolithic um, in investment. And again, I'm going back to this social media management platform mm. where they were doing a ton of marketing. They just weren't doing very focused marketing. And it mm. like, and they didn't realize that until they understood the, these subtle nuances within their customer base. Um, where most teams can start, even if it's multi-product, is to is to kind of rethink. We just need to get our name out there um, again. Like it, it, like we we need to rethink mass, and we need to better understand the the who really are the best people that we've acquired um, mm. so that we can take smaller swings to attract more of them. Um, what's another, I'm trying to think about a, a multi-product example of this because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I think it's, in, it's, it's a hard decision because many times maybe, you, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to have uh, a strong content program for every parts and so forth. And, and as you say, we need to, we need to step up the quality all the time now because mm -hmm. what was good quality three years ago won't do today and so forth. So right. it's 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 kind of this, you know, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. always going on, of course. But if somebody stands up at the first row in the in the cinema, everybody needs to stand up at the yeah. uh, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so forth. So it's increasing demands on quality and specificness on on who you talk to and things like that. So. Uh, what where do you see the marketing departments go in order to to you know keep up with the current demands from from buyers and so forth? Mm -hmm. uh, where do you, where should you invest if you were you know <laughs> one of your clients? So to say. right, right. Um, well, certainly we can't just stop marketing, right? We can't turn off no. our content programs. We can't turn off our acquisition like our our paid acquisition channels. We can't stop sponsoring and and attending you know, events and, and taking out booths, like it's, it's all got to keep going. Um, where I am seeing that company, many companies we work with have the biggest leverage is, and I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but um, really, really reflecting on whether their current positioning is too generalized um, and, and whether or not they have enough, um, I'm I'm gonna say kind of like micro messaging strategies to reach the 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 different um, types of buyers within their customer base. Some more qualified than others. Um, okay, this is a this is an example that does not have a happy ending because it hasn't started yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So I'll have to, I'll I'll have to follow up and there's when there's like a part two. Um, but uh, the I'm not sure if you know the um, the the rewired group which is a consulting firm um run by uh, bob mesta and some of his business partners and they specialize in well they have a number of specialties but i know that their their work that i'm most familiar with is running jobs to be done interviews for companies who need to kind of better understand like who is this best customer why mm -hmm. do people hire our product and which reason that people hire our product is the most advantageous one for us to focus on um, 
and better build around and better market to and blah, blah, blah. Um, so Bob and his team at Rewired um, recently conducted jobs to be done interviews for um, a very, I would say like very much enterprise level um, SaaS. It's a, <laughs> it, it's, um, I'm the, the type of product is like the category is failing me, but it's that like IT management tool that, that automates a lot of the access granting to employees to like all the, all the different like tech that they use. So like you onboard a new employee, the IT person has to, you know, grant them user access to 50 different tools and this automates and, and keeps that more secure. Um, mm -hmm. to your question though, they have multiple, they have multiple solutions within their suite. Um, mm -hmm. and they, they recently ran, um, this ran through this process with the re rewired group. They uncovered about four different reasons that their customers come to them and choose them versus any other competing solution in the market, which is great. Now they understand why they are different. Um, and they've also come to understand that one of those, one of those segments, one of those reasons people hire them, they are actually the most uniquely positioned to serve. Um, other competing solutions don't do it super well. Um, it's at a, it's at a, like a customer um, lifetime value price point that makes a lot of sense for this business. They're like, these are our people right in here. Like we need more of those. Um, and so now that that project is complete, they've come to us. And the next goal is to go through that, that positioning and messaging audit and identify where across their marketing, they're not really speaking to this person. Um, and it's not that they're going to turn away, you know, all of their other customer segments. Um, but in, in parallel with their more, I don't want to say generic, but in parallel with their, with their broader messaging, um, that, that they're, that they're like putting out into the world, they also will be running, um, really some, I mean, we can think of it like AB testing. Um, I just don't know if it's quite that technical that they will be AB tests, uh, but they, they want to experiment with getting this more targeted messaging out alongside their broader messaging. Um, so stay tuned <laughs> as we work through that challenge with them. Um, and help them evaluate whether getting more targeted in what they say actually right. Im improves their cost to acquire, um, improves their conversion rates to closed and and so on. Fantastic, interesting. This is I would love to hear that's how that story plays out in the future. But uh, maybe that's a topic for your next book then. So <laughs> perfect. So yes, have, or at yeah. least a future conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>Uh, messaging mm -hmm. you know right how would you say i don't know how many companies that have actually a great micros messaging mm -hmm. program or or you know yeah. um, uh, best practice going on there what but how would you say you have seen clients or helped clients get that going uh, so it works well for maybe multiple products or, or audiences 
the the best advice I can give at this, you know, this surface level, right? Without getting in under under the hood of a product, the best advice I can give is to as as soon as you can within your your marketing um, and your product experience, help someone self-select into into a more tailored experience. So what do I mean by that? Um, I'll continue to to be kind of meta and and talk about like more Martech tools. Mm. Um, this is this is um this has become a relatively common thing to do. I, I still don't see it um super often though. Um, but many years back, I remember when Buffer of of all Martech tools, um mm -hmm. they had for a while they had constructed their homepage to have a, a main hero section. And then directly beneath the hero section, there was kind of a there was like a toggle experience. And you could toggle, I'm I need buffer for my brand or I need buffer for my clients. Like, um, because they understood that people working in house or, or representing just one brand on social have very different needs than people who are an agency or a service provider. And, and so they, they knew that they, they were smart enough to realize if we try to speak to both of these people across our website, this is not going to work. Um, and so what we, we, we need to let those people self-select into a more tailored experience as soon as, as possible. Um, so in doing that, then when someone signed up for the product, um, they, they can replicate that experience. Um, and, and this is something that we help companies do all the time. Um, we, we help them simplify getting the process of getting into the product and we help the team figure out usually through some kind of like, I'm getting tactical here, but usually mm -hmm. through like a, a, a drop down field, like which of these best describes your, which of these best describes you. Um, and continuing on with the buffer example, um, theirs might say, I'm here for one brand or I'm here as an agency mm. um, or other or something. Giving your customers ways to indicate what they're there for um, is a very tangible way for for you and the team to be able to better speak to or develop micro messaging for each of the different segments. Now, you may be thinking, that sounds like a lot of work. Is this scalable? Mm -hmm. Um, we get that question a lot. And so if this sounds overwhelming, then the, the first thing you can do and like with the enterprise, um, like, like it management platform we're about to work with, um, they serve many segments, um, but they want to experiment with, with building a more micro targeted messaging strategy. So the best thing you can do if you're getting started is to pick one segment and, and target that segment more specifically in your marketing and, and your product onboarding experience and so on. And if that's successful, great. Then build out a, a more targeted experience for the next most advantageous micro segment and then the next and the next. Um, the biggest mistake that companies can make is to try to go too quickly and build out targeted messaging and 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 marketing experiences for all segments at once. And then it just becomes overload. <laughs> it's, it's, mm. um, it's very hard to make progress that way. So true. That's awesome. And uh, really good example. Uh, I think most people have come across Buffer. So really right. good. <laughs> <laughs> really good idea, Claire. Uh, wonderful. I think I could chat every, uh, you know, for hours with you because I think these examples are so, uh, <laughs> so interesting and, and so so relevant for, for me as well. <laughs> but if we try to wind down a little bit here. 
how would you, you know, uh, you talk a lot about customer-led growth in your books and, right. and your content and so on. And, uh, you know, if you want to send uh, the marketing leaders in, in SaaS and tech, B2B SaaS and tech, with, with a few, uh, <laughs> you know, closing uh, recommendations around customer-led growth or so, mm. what would you recommend everybody to, you know, investigate or keep their eyes on in the coming uh, six to 12 months, if if you would like to top of your head so <laughs> yeah very good so i'll do a some minor some minor like forget the funnel promotion um if you grab a copy of our book that will be a very helpful primer um it's live on most uh, like it's it's live on amazon yeah amazon is also yeah. a difficult platform so if you can't if you can't get a copy of it send an email to us at forget the funnel and we'll help you out <laughs> um, um but more broadly, um, other resources that I'm keeping an eye on include um, an upcoming book that April Dunford is working on. Uh, I think it's just called Sales Pitch, mm -hmm. um, but it's a it's about applying this process to like uh, this this kind of this this process of of getting more dialed in in your messaging mm -hmm. um, to the sales experience, which I'm I'm fascinated by because I spend a lot more time on the marketing side of the house than the like. Than, than the more handheld sales. Um, so that's a really interesting one, especially if you are working for or run a company that has a long buying cycle. Um, check out that book. Uh, what else? What else am I looking forward to or or eager to get my hands on? Um, this one is, I would say, a bit more for marketing practitioners. Um, but I did mention Amanda, the VP marketing at Spark Toro. Um, she publishes really, really interesting reports. Um, not just the one that I referenced earlier, but I, I do love following her content um, to, to kind of keep on top of what's happening in the, like the top of funnel world, so to speak, the acquisition channels and, and performance side of the house. Um, so if you go to Spark Toro and sign up for their newsletter, maybe go to one of their office hours, like that would be, that's also a, a huge like area of value that I've, that I found at least. <laughs> Well, fantastic, Claire. Thank you so much for sharing all this insights here. It sounds so interesting. And if we should sum it up, I would, you know, what I'm bringing with me here is, of course, a lot of insights and, and good, decent tactics. But, you know, really dial in who's your really primary customer segment and how should you speak to them? So you actually line everything from web to social to micro messaging and so forth. So you actually yeah defend your segments and not go too thin and, and yeah. spread to to on too many segments and so forth and that's that's a good way to protect your customer acquisition funnel as well as existing client base yeah so well yes. thank you so much for speaking to us on those things um i'm really really grateful and uh yeah i hope uh looking forward to to your coming content and books <laughs> with with the follow-up on on uh, the first one there but uh, if you haven't bought the first one i i encourage everybody listening in to to buy um forget the funnel oh, thank and, you uh, yeah and the uh, awesome book and uh yeah we'll we'll stay in touch claire so thank you so much for visiting us today here at uh, our podcast yes thank you for having me it's been such a fun conversation um and i hope to be in touch soon